Hey, Love Intently Tribe. Welcome back to the Love Intently Podcast, where our mission is to empower you to have thriving relationships. And each week, we bring on couples, relationship experts, and thought leaders from around the world to have conversations around how we can have thriving relationships with both ourselves and our partners and the other people in our life. This week, we have Edith and Cayman from Double Amour to talk to us about their story and journey. I really loved our conversation because they just keep it real. Cayman is also an award-winning college athlete, and they share their story of dating to engagement to marriage and how they came up with their social platform idea, Double Amour. It's a platform where couples can meet each other, and it also will house resources and courses for couples. And it's pretty powerful and a great idea because I have heard this time and time again of couples having issues finding other couples' friends to do things with. And I think community is so important, powerful. And so they have a pretty cool story about their honeymoon and how this idea came about and how they came to build this platform. And I know they are relaunching soon. So you can go to doubleandmore.com and sign up. And you can also find it on our show notes at loveintently.com. Before we jump into this week's episode with Edith and Cayman, I want to talk to you about the love personality assessment we have at loveintently.com, where we identify how you and your partner best communicate and give and receive love. And we give you language and vocabulary around it. The reason I personally think this is so important is because it allows you to know how you operate best and to communicate about it. And if you're single, it's great information to know because it allows you to talk about it once you are in a relationship or even identify better partners suited for you. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Edith and Cayman. So our love story is a little crazy. Um, So it all started in high school. Um, I was a freshman in high school and came in and was in middle school. He was in eighth grade. So I am a little older than him. (laughs) And we dated for about three years in high school, broke up my senior year. And we were broken up for a little bit for a few years. And then we got back together um, junior year in college. So, um, it started, we got back together because my best friend, she is really good friends with Cayman. So um, I, at that time, I lived in Arlington and for her birthday every year, she would come down and we would celebrate her birthday in Arlington and she would invite him. So that's where me and Cayman would like see each other again. It would be like once a year. And then in 2015, for some reason, <laughs> he decided to try something new and he bought me a rose and I was like, okay, you know, what is, what, what is he up to? And then from there, from there, it just started. Um, and we are today mm-hmm. married now. Yeah, uh, We've been together almost three years. Uh, and then we've been married a year, almost two years in April. So. Yeah. How, so what happened the first time you guys just decided to break up? I was very, um, I wasn't ready for a relationship. Um, he was immature with one woman. So it was, it was, it was, it was chaos, you know? And, um, I was the, I was the cause of it. 
And then what, Edith, like what made you want to give him a second chance a second time around? I just like the t- like I told you before, um, I would see him like once a year just because my best friend would invite him. And the times that we would see each other, I could see that he was changing, like he was different. Even before, whenever we did in high school, uh, I knew he had it in him to be a great man. Um, I see, I, I could see the potential. It was just, it was in right timing. So um, we started talking again, you know, we hung out a couple times and, you know, we just had a great time and I just decided to take a risk. And I was like, okay, I'm, seems like, you know, he, he wants to be, you know, he wants to start something with me. So I'm going to risk it, take a chance and see how it goes. And now we're here. <laughs> was there a moment when you guys were dating second time around where you're like, all right, I think this might be the person I want to get married to. Yeah. It actually started pretty soon. It did. Uh, when we started hanging out, he would tell me that he could see me at his wife. And I just think that he was crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because, you know, it was too soon, you know, to think something like that. Mm-hmm. But he would mention it and I'm like, okay, whatever. I wouldn't take him seriously at that time. And then he proposed um, about three months later. We were just together three months. So he proposed three months later. And then I said, yes, just because I knew that, that we weren't going to get married right there. And then, you know, right away, it still was going to be a little bit to save money, you know, and be able to, you know, pay for a wedding. So uh, I said yes, just because, like I said, I knew the potential and um, he was a great guy. I could see him, that he was different and he would, you know, always try to get better and be positive. So that's what made me fall in love with him. Yeah, Cayman, how did you know after three months or when was it for you? It was prior, you know, to when Edith and I got back together. uh, Because in college, we had this, a young man's group where we would meet up and we would discuss, you know, priorities in life. And marriage was definitely a priority that, you know, we had been studying over the years. So it was uh, it was one of those things where, you know, I knew what I was looking for. I kept having these visions. I kept getting, you know, people coming into my ear just randomly, you know, discussing marriage and this and that. And then, um, I, I just knew, like, you know, that I wanted to spend, like, the rest of my life with her. Like, she she had all those qualities that I was looking for. And so, like, when we was together, like, we would have great times. Like, we would definitely, you know, be on that positive energy, just positive vibes, just willing to help, you know, everybody that's around us, you know, have a great time as well. And really... um just that family oriented uh, that, you know, she, she, she definitely was from the jump and uh, just the visions of, you know, her being a great mom and uh, being a house mom, housewife, you know, <laughs> we was talking about that earlier. That was uh, kind of like an inside joke, but being a, being a housewife and now, you know, things like that, like when you're able to paint that vision, it clarifies, you know, things in life and it, it, it gives you that confidence and, you know, you put in that work and I knew I put in that work. So I was confident in my decision and I knew that, you know, I was going to ride with her, you know, no matter like no matter what, like I was riding because I had made that decision and she was the one that I chose. Well, talk to me about Double More, like what it is and what inspired it. Okay, no problem. So Double Amore is a, a social network 
platform for married couples where they can connect, build relationships with other married couples, and also gain the resources that's needed to strengthen their marriages. And so uh, right now, our main focus is getting this app, you know, delivered to where couples can, you know, meet up, go out on double dates. We'll be throwing events and uh, they'll be coming together. We'll be providing conversation starters. We'll be providing relationship enhancers. We'll be providing coupons and so on, uh, other resources as well. Awesome. And what's the story behind it? What made, when did you guys start it and what made you want to start it? So it started on our honeymoon. We went on a cruise and I'm not sure if you're familiar or you've been on a cruise before, but they sit you with random people at dinner and two couples that were sitting with us, they had gotten married the same day. So they were on their honeymoon as well. And then there was another couple that they were just boyfriend and girlfriend. You know, we had a great time. We got to know each other. They were young as well. So we were all around the same age. Um, some of them were actually younger. Yeah, they were. <laughs> and um, so there was one night, it was already like the middle of the of the week of the cruise. So one night came in an hour, just we went back to our room and we just started, you know, reminiscing with, you know, with our friends that we had just met. And um, he just, we started like just talking about it. And he was like, how could we keep this spark going, um, keep these relationships in our lives. And also, we also uh, thought about how we don't have that many married friends. We only had like one couple because they got married the same um, the same year that we did. So we were just like, how how can we find married couples and, um, and connect married couples and enhance uh, marriages? Because we do know that a lot of uh, marriages don't last. And since we have the mentality that, you know, that we're going to be married just once and we will want the same for other people. That way, the community is better and it's more loving. Also, children not being broken homes and all that great stuff. It was it was it was such a wonderful time. I must say when we was on that on that ship, we became so well acquainted with like those couples that we sat with at the dinner table, as well as other couples that was on the ship. Because our motto, our marriage motto, relationship motto is young, fun, and forever. So it was like we were known on the ship and we was actually being intentional with networking and getting to know other people on the ship. And so we met a lot of couples on there to where we was able to get that insight of different relationships and just get like, you know, not necessarily the problems that they that they face but the the wisdom and the experiences that they've had throughout their marriage and so we were we were just like how do we offer this once we get off of the off of this ship and us just being entrepreneurs we thought of an app you know app idea and this is while on our honeymoon too you know this is taking place like you know two three days span so it's like we went back to the dinner table and we asked them that that same night, I want to say it was the same night or the night afterwards, that same night, I want to say. But we asked them, what do you think about an app that connects married couples, you know, and have these experiences that we're having all across the world? And so based on their responses and based on the looks and like their eyes, like I knew I knew we, we had something special and uh, Edith believed in it, you know, as well. Yeah, there's so much research actually out there about social networks and the impacts of that on our relationship and how critical that is. So it totally makes sense that um, something like this would exist and thrive. 
my next question would be, what were you guys doing before? And talk to me about being in entrepreneurship together and what that journey has been like. Prior to Double Amore, I was working at the casino. It's a Choctaw casino out here in Durant, Oklahoma. I was doing valet out Mm -hmm. there. And then during that time, I was still training because I had I played college football. And so afterwards, I pursued football. So I was still in training heavily. Uh, and also, we I, we were putting on a community event back in our hometown, Pittsburgh, Texas, in East Texas, called the Unlock the Block, which is a community block party that we put on to bring people together from all different walks of life, where we have a speed camp for boys and girls, a talent show. Also, we have vendors come in and just a whole, whole bunch of other activities that goes on at that event. So we was putting that together as well. I'm working at a bank, so I'm still working at the bank and uh, just helping Cayman with Unlock the Block, basically. And it's been a good journey. I mean, we have our ups and downs, but we always come to an agreement and um, understand each other and know that for us to be able to win, we have to stick together. So uh, that's how we work our, you know, our entrepreneurship together. Yeah. Do you have any advice for other couples entering a venture together? Or is there anything that you wish somebody would have told you guys sooner? I would say make sure y'all both have that entrepreneur mindset. And what I mean by that is like once if one spouse have an entrepreneur mindset and then the other one may not have that entrepreneur mindset, you know, there can be a lot of situations in, you know, on a day to day basis where it can call a lot, cause a lot of tension. You know, one couple may not want to take as many risks or take this risk or, you know, may not be as fearless towards failure or um, not being optimistic versus being optimistic, no matter what the circumstances are, you know, in life. You know, those those situations that that can cause a lot of tension. And uh, as you know, as an entrepreneur, you you're going to you're going to get faced with tension each and every day. And so it's like when you're working together, you know, with your spouse, you just need to make sure that, you know, you're both on aligned, you know, the same to where, well, I take the back, not necessarily aligned the same because some couples do make it that aren't, you know, both entrepreneur spirits. Like they just, they just still make it. So I would just say, just make sure that you know what you're getting into. And that's just a tip. And um, this isn't necessarily you know, from our marriage experiences, actually, this is something that, you know, I've heard and uh, seen in uh, numerous articles as well. Yeah, that's good. Edith, did you have anything you wanted to add to that? No, I just, I mean, I agree with him totally. Uh, Like he said, uh, it's more about just understanding and not making it harder than, you know, on on them, just because, you know, it is, it takes a lot of work and Tom, so uh, just making the the way easier. Mm-hmm. I can say that you do a great job with that. I mean, that's basically you it, you know. Did you guys have an entrepreneurial uh, itch before you guys dated? Was that something you guys talked about uh, before you were married? Yeah, came uh-huh. um, he in high school, he always uh, found ways to make money, like selling hats or making CDs. So I knew that he had it in him. And then on my family, my grandmother that raised me, she uh, she would go to Mexico and sell used clothes at the like a flea market. 
so that kind of, you know, gave me like an entrepreneur uh, mindset to where like, I, I know, you know, that I like to, you know, get have a business or I would tell her like, well, when we open a, a restaurant or, you know, so she had the, the funds to do it or uh, open a venue because back where we're from, they have venues, but they're not that pretty to where, you know, if you have a pretty one, a nice one, people are going to rent it just because they, you know, people sometimes they look go for the looks, especially for like a wedding or something like that. So I kind of, you know, had that from her just, you know, seeing her not have a job. The only thing, you know, she made money from is when we went to Mexico, sell, you know, clothes or toys or anything that, you know, that she could sell. So, and we talked about it. Yeah, I know as a child, I definitely had an itch to make my own money. Uh, I had a lawn service. <laughs> this is before. Yeah, I got to go, though. I had a lawn service, CD business. And but, yeah, and then so when we got back together, like, you know, I, I had went through my network marketing, you know, uh, companies as well. I didn't make a whole lot of money in it, but <laughs> she seen that I was uh, passionate about you know, taking advantage of opportunities and um, just getting out there and spending and investing money. So she knew she I definitely believe that she knew we was going to end up, you know, somewhere um, down this road where we're on creating an empire. What has been one of the hardest parts of your relationship and marriage and how have you guys worked past it? I would say... The emotions of your closest influencers. And what I mean by that is, I'm going off the top of the dome too, so I may be a little everywhere. What I mean by that is like, as a young, like married couple, you still are attached to like your mom and your dad and like your first cousins, like those influencers that has been influencing you your entire life. And so you have to kind of, be, you got to, the, the hard part was, you know, drawing that line and saying, okay, I, I respect and I love your emotions, but I have to, I have to, I have to do this, you know, um, in order to make my marriage work. So I would say, you know, those type of situations, just, you know, realizing them and being aware of them and what really, really matters the most at the end of the day. Um, I would say just execute no situations. What about for you, Edith? Um, what has been one of the hardest parts of the marriage or relationship and what's kind of like helped you move through it? I would say it came in just not being new to taking a, ser- a relationship serious. Just, you know, since he was new to it, he still didn't know how to you know, react to things or, or say, or how to communicate. So that's one of the things that we did communication and the way we handle it. It was just, I personally, I am more open and more blunt. Mm -hmm. So if there was a problem or an issue, I will let him know right there and then. And, and I will let him know that, Hey, you need to work on communicating with me or, you know, making me a priority. Cause you know, he was new to it. Um, so I knew that, you know, it was kind of hard for him to, you know, learn and adjust and all that stuff. And, um, especially when you first move in with each other, you know, that's definitely something new, you know, that that was for both of us. So, um, I guess just by working it out is by, you know, something, what, 
like one of you have to be the one that has to communicate because if not, then nothing gets handled or situated. So um, I would say just our communication and then him learning how to make me a priority. What would you tell yourselves 10 years ago? I know, Cayman, you also do some motivational speaking. would love to hear how you kind of got into that. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. So the motivational speaking thing pretty much came really throughout college because uh, I played college football. I had broke three records and like I was doing a lot of interviews and in front of a lot of cameras and microphones. So it was like I had to get, you know, I had to, I had to get better, you know, at that uh, at speaking. And so, uh, you know, I was speaking in front of, you know, uh, events and things in the communities uh, with organizations. And it was just one of those things where I was like, okay, like people are really listening to what I'm saying. That really gave me confidence. And it was, it was like opportunities after opportunities like started to come in. And it was like, I just, I just didn't say no. So it was like, I got out there, jumped out there and just found out that I was really great at it. And also that I could, um, touch a lot of lives, you know, doing so. So I, um, this is something that I want to definitely continue to grow. And I also want to teach others, you know, as I'm growing and just have, you know, speakers all across the world, just going out and spreading their message. What was your message? My message is really simple. Just strive each and every day to become your greatest self. And I have nine principles that I stand by loving others, appreciating life, adding value to other people's lives, believing all things are possible, and so on. How do you guys balance starting Double and More and you – I know, Edith, you work a full-time job and all that. Like, how do you how do you guys stay connected and how do you guys balance that? I have to be in his ear. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to be consistently in his ear saying, hey, you know, Tardy, you know, getting a little late. You know, maybe you should, you know, put the laptop down tablet down and come sit on the couch <laughs> like yeah she she'll try she'll sweet talk me it works a lot of times though she'll sweet talk me it'd be late you know get off get off the ipad the laptop and uh just come sit down and relax it's like, and get some rest. But, but the thing is though like when we relaxing i don't be relaxed like unless i'm just totally sleep like if i'm up and we're watching a movie or if we're watching a tv show i'm thinking how would i write this tv show how would i write this movie <laughs> so it's like my mind just, my mind just never stops and uh it's it just it's amazing uh how you know you really have to swallow your pride a lot you know because i i that could that those type of situations could definitely um cause a lot of tension but I mean, it, it definitely it definitely works out, you know, because I I feel rejuvenated, you know, and I feel ready to go and I'm still productive. So and I'm productive in the marriage as well. So it's it's like I get the best of both worlds in a way. Yeah. You also wrote a book called Another Day of Greatness. What is that about? And what was the inspiration behind it? So Another Day of Greatness is a affirmation hashtag another day of greatness is an affirmation that you know putting out into the universe since like 2015 2016 where every morning every day i remind myself that no matter where what we're facing today it is another day of greatness and it was just something that i started putting out on uh social media on my social media post 
and uh, also things that I would just say around the field and the locker room and communities. And it stuck with me when I thought of a title to do the book this year. I thought of the title and I was like, man, like, what do I want to be remembered by? Like, you know, as of just right now. And it was another day of greatness off the top. And uh, we just pretty much go into those principles uh, where we'll tap tap the surface of them and introduce, you know, who I am to the readers and then also get them, you know, get them ready for the series because we're going to turn it into a book series. And so that book series will also be, um, it'll, be a, it'll be a film, I don't know, a TV show or a movie. Just I don't know yet. We haven't got into that yet. But that's the plan of what we're, how we're going to utilize that book. And so I'll just go around when I do my speaking engagements, I'll speak on those topics, speak out on, on some quotes and some I give some stories of, you know, my journey as a walk on to a three time uh, football, college football record breaker. Uh, I go into, you know, the the mindset that I had, like especially appreciating life. <laughs> You know, I may I came in as a walk on, so I wasn't as fortunate at the beginning as some players in my class were. So it was like I go into um, I go into details about you know how I was able to overcome those circumstances and surpass those people that wasn't as appreciative as I am and I was back then. So it was just like stories like that that I go into that we put into the book to you know give readers. Um, uh, inside of who I am. Were you guys dating still whenever you were doing football? Yes. Uh, My junior year. It was his last year. No, junior and senior. Can you remember? Oh, yeah. I proposed him. Yeah, he, I proposed. he oh, proposed that uh, at his first game. Junior year. His junior mm-hmm. year. So... Yeah, we dated his uh, career, football careers in his junior year and his senior year. So two years. Did that take a toll on your relationship at all? Or what was what was that like? Because I know a lot of the times, you know, like you mentioned, being a football player, you, there's a lot of cameras and eyes on you. And sometimes that can take a toll on a relationship. What was that like for you guys? It didn't just be careful what you say in the media. And then like college – like we made, man, so it was this one time, we was talking about this the other day. We had went to this party after the college game or we went to, uh, what is it, Sports City Bar and Grill. We went there, man, and it was this one this one young lady. I did not know who she was, but obviously she knew who I was. And so she came up and she did like some inappropriate thing uh, that wasn't wasn't cool at all. To where, you know, I was questioned because I was like in that, you know, in that limelight. But I I had no clue who she was. So it's like, you know, those type of situations that you can't control, you have to just make sure you're ready for that, especially when you're like in the limelight. Um, and you just have to be aware of your surroundings at all time. And but over overall, like we I feel like we overcame a lot and we definitely uh, we handled it and we, we never broke. Mm. Edith, for you, was it difficult at all dating a college athlete that kind of had the limelight on him? Um, Not really, just because I wasn't going to feed myself any negativity mm-hmm. to where, you know, I might, might make assumptions or make something that is not. So in that day that that happened, that was probably 
one of the worst things <laughs> that happened <laughs> in our relationship. But at first I didn't handle it too well, but then I had to think about, think to myself just because I haven't had a serious relationship in a long time. And I knew uh, that I had to change my ways to where if I really wanted to something to work out, there's things that I had to, had to adjust with myself. So I actually that night I actually grew and got better. Um, not only as my personal standpoint, but also in our relationship, um, knowing that things are not going to be easy and that we have to stick together and not be so easy to quick and leave and just, you know, um, make a big thing when it wasn't really, you know, his fault. Um, so it kind of made, you know, it made us better and um, it, it got our relationship closer. So Yeah, we, we really grew that night. I, I can definitely say that. I know um, to kind of take you through that night, once we got back to the apartment, I know was I, I was the one in the car for about 15 minutes. Yeah, we, yeah. Yeah, in the car for about 15 minutes. She went inside the apartment. I came in, took like 20, 30 minute shower, no exaggeration. And um, I remember I was crying in the shower that night. I was crying because like, I, I literally didn't do anything. And it was like, it was just right. It was showing me how tough it really is to be in a relationship, be able to trust someone, be able to love someone and just continue on. And so that night, you know, after I got the shower, we discussed everything. And it was like, we had to like, we had to grow up. We had to grow up like really, really fast and uh, stick to our commitment. Yeah. Were you guys engaged at this point? Yes. Yeah, we were. So. We mm -hmm. were. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, man. I can't imagine how hard that must've been, but it's, it's also beautiful because that moment made you guys stronger and really almost built a stronger foundation for your relationship. Correct. Correct. I'm super curious now because you mentioned it. What was that journey like of being a walk on all the way to being a three-time record setter? For, for other people listening or other younger college students or other people that are kind of aspiring to do that, like what things would you tell them? I would say you have to always believe in yourself, even when people don't even believe in you. Like even if you're, it's just that one that you that believes in it, you have to believe in it and just go with it each and every day, attack it, stay disciplined, show up encourage your, the people that's around you. If you have somebody else that's, you know, helping you accomplish your dreams, make sure you're showing them love, make sure you investing into their lives, throwing value at them as well. Also, I would say, keep the legacy in mind. What story do you want to tell? What story do you want others to, to tell about you once you're gone? And like, once you start thinking that way and start, um, start having that, that in your mind, it triggers like your actions. It triggers that that mindset. It triggers um, just like how you how you operate on the day to day. So I would just say take your day to day, but keep the long term vision in mind and enjoy the process. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. If you liked what you heard, please be sure to go and leave a review or take a screenshot and share it on Instagram and tag us and tell us what resonated and what you like to hear more or less of. We so value your feedback and it's how we grow and produce more things that provide the most value to you. Until next time, with love and intention.